Welcome to the My Crazy Office podcast with the authors of Working With You Is Killing Me, Working For You Isn't Working For Me, and Mean Girls At Work, Kathy Elster and Catherine Crowley. They're committed to creating world peace, one crazy office at a time. And now, here are Kathy and Catherine. Hi everyone, I'm Kathy Elster. And I'm Catherine Crowley, and welcome to My Crazy Office. We have an interesting one today. We're going to address a really interesting dilemma. Mm-hmm. What happens when you give feedback to someone about their behavior and they don't believe it? Mm-hmm. We'll start with a question from a manager who has a direct report who believes herself to be flexible, hardworking, and a team player, while her co-workers experience her as the opposite. Mm. How do you manage or work with someone who is blind to their own behavior? I love this one and find it absolutely fascinating and not unusual. I think we all probably know someone who has a very distorted self-image. Mm-hmm. I hope more people will send questions like this to info at mycrazyoffice.co. Logan, what's our question? I have an employee who believes that she's very flexible, carries her weight, and then some, and is super easy to get along with. She is actually one of the least flexible people I know. She is usually only concerned about herself when it comes to scheduling and workload. Several times lately, she has had a lighter workload than her coworkers and still tries to pawn her assignments off on them. Mm-hmm. The other employees are getting frustrated. I have spoken with her several times about her lack of flexibility and consideration of others with actual examples. Each time, she is shocked that anyone would say such a thing. She views herself as so flexible and always goes above and beyond in any situation. At this point, I and others think she truly believes that truly believes this despite having been told otherwise. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions on how to best approach this? Uh, This is real. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, it's so interesting when um, people think that they are one way. I can only imagine that they used to be worse. Right. So for them, they have grown and then stopped and Mm -hmm. thinks that they did the work and that, uh, and I have clients like this, like, you know, they're sent to me for certain reason. I address it and we, you know, they cry and we work on it. And then at a certain point they say, okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. And they haven't. Mm -hmm. And the feedback I get is they're a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And so people, you know, it's hard for everyone to grow. And I think they grow incrementally over a very long period of time. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that mechanism is. I mean, we're going to hear from the shrinky here. I don't know what that mechanism <laughs> is that they can't go any further. What is that? Yeah. Mm. Well, this particular situation sounds like someone who is very self-absorbed and probably narcissistic. And if that yeah. is the case, they're not able they have to have an overblown positive self-image. They're not able to really uh, integrate or tolerate feedback that says that they're not wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, and I think you're absolutely right, Kathy, that probably early on they were told that they needed to be flexible and thoughtful and hardworking. And so 
in their mind that may be what's happening. Yeah, they're better. They, they're better, but mm. when someone is this self-absorbed, they really, in a sense, can't help themselves. Right, right. they'll do one little thing, and they think, look at me. Yes. Mm. Oh, <laughs> right. I am, Pat on the back. I was really flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you don't think that they can ever grow then? It's just not incremental over a long period of time. Yeah, well, I think that if we're talking about... Um, this person I don't know because you'd have to see over time, but I think mm -hmm. if we're talking about a management situation that you can't argue with a distorted sense of self, right? right? But, you can't but, like what, convince them otherwise. What you can do is you don't have to promote them. Correct. And you don't have to give them um, raises. Correct. And that's really what happens. And I think as a manager, I know I'm telling you it's a lot more work, but you have to continuously bring up examples. Yes. Not behavior, but examples. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Here's a situation where you were inflexible. Yes. So you're addressing their behavior, but with a very specific example, because without it, yes. it's just noise. It's like, it's background. They don't really know what you're talking about. And I think it's important to document it so that when you get mm. to review time, you know, their review could be 15 pages, right. but it doesn't matter. It's all factual. It should be filed in their report because mm -hmm. <clears throat> usually these kinds of people don't move forward. They don't, right. although they are often... You know, they may be, have been with the company for a long time or the institution, or maybe they have a skill set that others need. So they're often kept for quite some time. Yeah. I'm thinking of a few situations that you and I have encountered where we've had to tell the manager exactly what you're talking about, which is that you have to document the behavior, the incidents. And then in, in a couple of examples, they had to put them on a... Um, performance improvement plan, mm -hmm. but often for that short period of time, then the individual would correct themselves at least a little bit and then ultimately go back to their old behavior. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking I about? I do know what you're talking about. We've had a couple of those. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know this is maddening for the manager. I know that, you know, you wonder, am I crazy? Like, yes. don't they right. see it? Yeah. And no, they don't see it. So, um, and then your employees, your other employees might yeah. be upset with you thinking that you're not doing you're not anything to resolve Ex the situation. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, you could ask them also to document these situations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that you have proof rather yeah. than just their side of the story. Yeah. But this is really what's important now is that you start tracking it and documenting it day, time, mm -hmm. the incident. Right. Because otherwise... <clears throat> you've got to have proof. You just yeah. have to be able to prove it right. to this person. And then with that, you could, they can go into some kind of disciplinary, disciplinary action, mm -hmm. but ultimately they're going to have to go. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Ultimately. But the only way to get them to see, this is not worth saying here, is to try to manage them to quit. Mm. Yeah, because if you fight them, th that's a lawsuit, I believe, because they're not going to believe it, even though they wouldn't win because right. you have all this documentation. So yeah. it's a bit of a long road you have to go on. But that's actually mm. a really good point. That very, I mean, yeah. I have seen examples of that too. That people who don't, who find any correction of their behavior an affront, and if they're let go for poor performance, will then say, "I'm going to sue you." Yeah, yeah, that is. This is that kind of person. Yeah, because they feel unjustly targeted. Yeah. Yes. So you have to be really careful that these are very specifically documented 
yeah. situations over a period of time. I think I like what you're talking about uh, regarding the coworkers as well. And maybe as mm-hmm. a manager, part of what you can help your uh, staff with is setting boundaries with this person, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. the tricky part of it is I think that the others who may be real team players can often enable someone like this. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because you you sort you want the work to keep going. They'll cry wolf. They'll say, I'm, having, I'm drowning here or I need <laughs> your help. And so then they'll end up resentful but taking on the work. So right. I think there's probably some stuff that... Um, this person's colleagues could do mm-hmm. to uh, set better boundaries. Right. And I'm sure they'll be willing because they see this behavior also. And, right. they, and yeah. this will tell them that you are moving towards taking action. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something you're going to have to do on your own. HR is not going to really help you. <laughs> you know, you really have to document it. You're right there. And I know it's a lot of work, but, you know, go buy a nice notebook and just start yeah. documenting all of these, you know, these situations and conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's really the only way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's just in your memory or, <clears throat> you know, it's just your point of view, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Dates, times. Yeah. Specifics. Yeah. Very specific. You said this, this was the response. Mm-hmm. This is what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, unfortunately, if you're managing this kind of person, is you have to get used to seeing the look of hurt on their face, mm. you know, when they accuse, because very often right. it's or just, shock. Exactly. Shock. Well, that's right. As she said here, they're yeah. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get used to that and say, this may be shocking to you, but this is what actually happened. I mean, I mm. think if they start to see this, you know, each time you confront them and say, look, I have three incidences that happened this week and you should be aware of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's sort of an informal warning before you actually give them a real warning is that, uh, yeah, you probably will get that behavior, but you know, you have to trust that they're you're in a process, you're in the process of getting rid of them mm-hmm. and that it's just, that's, it's not going to look pretty. Right. It's just not going to be fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, we've helped people get rid of really heinous people, and it's, yes. this is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem that's the problem with this kind of person is that you never have the satisfaction, yeah, no satisfaction. of them saying, "Yes, you're right. Mm. I understand what I've been doing. I see that I wasn't perceiving things accurately." Mm-hmm. No one is going to hear that. I don't think out of this person's mouth. Right. I mean, maybe a couple of years from now. They'll come yeah. back and say something. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is not rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. There's no big gift right. at the end of this sort of thankless. But that's really what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to boundaries and you were saying helping, you know, for this manager to help their employees set boundaries. Yeah. In this example, they talk about this person throwing their workload on yes. other people. Exactly. So what sort of things could you tell your employees to stop them from doing that? You know, it depends on the situation, but I think they should document it. Uh-huh. And I think they should document the, you know, what, what transpired. Right, right. You know, and maybe there's emails. And right. it would be really good if they can get it in writing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if they had an email with this person saying, mm. um, 
Right. You know, Can you no. do this, this, this? Right, right. And them saying no uh, right. or them throwing their work on somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more you can, you can get that's factual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the more of a case you have. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when we were, uh, in the chapter in working with you is killing me, the boundaries chapter, we talk about this kind of, uh, the, uh, specifically the kind of person who gives their work to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the biggest, um, the most vulnerable are the givers, right? Mm. The people who like to help out. So That's right. I think for that individual, just even trying a no or sorry, I can't, or I've got my own workload here, I'm yeah. not able to help you, yeah. is a good exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Kathy said, it depends on the situation. Yeah. You may have to step in, sure, but sure. then you should document it. Right. Yeah, and then the manager's job is to just accumulate all of these examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to have to go over them and you're Mm going to have to say, look, I have proof here that, that this is what you're doing and this is not going to work. It's a process. Yes. (laughs) And I'm sorry. It's not a fun one. No, but they've tried. I mean, it sounds like this person has tried as much as they could so far. So, but you know, don't, I don't want to hear from this manager though. They're so valuable because this really is a time suck. This Mm. kind of person is toxic and a time suck and you may not want to put the time in to get rid of them, Mm -hmm. but you're hurting the morale of the other team members. So it really is your responsibility to do what we're saying, Mm -hmm. to document this and work towards removing them. Yeah. Um, so that you can get somebody who really is a, good worker yeah 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 and it's unfortunate when you see somebody's personality or their really their pathology their really mental illness yeah come through in the workplace mm. but it doesn't matter you just want to move towards removing them yeah. yeah so that's it for this podcast if you have any further comments or thoughts on this topic tweet us at sk2 also follow us on instagram at my crazy office if you want to receive our weekly podcast email text us at 228-28 and type my crazy office that's all one word my crazy office to 228-28 and finally don't forget to send your questions and stories to info at mycrazyoffice.co My Crazy Office is produced in New York City at K-Squared Studios. Stay crazy.